Welcome to the Keep Growing at UF podcast. I'm Kara. And I'm Brandon. We are trainers on the UF HR training and organizational development team. Training and organizational development has identified key skills that faculty and staff can develop as individuals and as leaders. The Keep Growing podcast will present some of our team's trainings in an audio format so that you can listen and learn at your convenience. An important element of productivity and performance is one's ability to apply performance measures to their everyday work and not just to an annual review. This podcast will help you apply an organizational structure to your work, identify and write goals using backwards design, and ultimately track and maintain your performance records over time. This webinar was originally presented by Brandon Telg and Courtney Moon on Monday, September 21st, 2020. Please note in this recording, there is a reference to a link for an activity. That link can be found in the notes of this podcast in your podcast app. Welcome to our webinar on applying performance measures to your daily work. Uh, at a high level, the objectives for this webinar are for you to be able to apply an organizational structure to your work. After all, you have to have a structure and a schedule to be able to track what you're doing, to identify and write your goals using backwards design, uh, because to be able to track your performance, you have to know what goals you've set and what it is that you're tracking. And finally, uh, we will provide you with tools to help you track and maintain your performance records over time. So, first of all, we're getting organized and creating a schedule for your work. Why does organization matter? You can't plot out the parts of a project or track what you've done without first being organized and having a system in place to prioritize your work. Once you get your to-do list in order and keep to the schedule that you've created for yourself, a lot of things start to fall into place. You increase your productivity because you know what to work on and when to work on it. You reduce stress because you understand you're working on the highest priority thing for that moment don't necessarily have to worry about what it is that you're not getting done. Uh, you're going to be on time all the time, or at least most of the time. <laughs> if you create an organized daily schedule, you will better be able to be in the right place at the right time rather than missing or being late for meetings. Uh, you'll meet deadlines. By breaking apart and scheduling out a project into its component parts on a schedule, you'll be able to achieve your results on time. You will avoid taking on more than you can handle. Plotting out your work on an organized schedule will allow you to quickly and easily see what you've got on your docket, preventing you from signing up for more than you can do if you're already fully scheduled. And you'll track your accomplishments. Getting to the core of this webinar, if you organize your workload, you're better able to track what you've done and how long it has taken you to do it. And there are many methods of developing a schedule, and you'll figure out what works best for you over time. Uh, I recommend trying out different ones to figure out what works best. It's taken me, personally, a long time to find that magic mixture of uh, the different tools that we're going to show you today uh, that, that uh, is best for me. So, first of all, we have the four quadrants of time management. This is a method of time management that I personally use. Uh, every single day, I write out my daily tasks in these four quadrants, um, just like this, and I start at Q1 and make my way down to Q4. Q1, top left, are things that are urgent and important. Q2 are things that are important, but not urgent. Q3 are things that are not important, but are urgent, and things that are in Q4 are not urgent and not important. Doesn't mean they shouldn't be done at some point, but they're not high priority items. Um, this is actually in your activities handout. Um, so each day what I do is I will actually take a look at a, like a snapshot of the things that I have to do in the upcoming day. And uh, starting in Q1, I write them all out, work my way down to Q4. As new tasks come up through the day, I'll actually add them to my quadrants. And nothing feels better than taking that pen and scratching something off, especially of Q, the Q1 quadrant. Um, so the next day, I'll then take my last day's chart and rewrite it in a blank chart. Uh, you know, perhaps something has moved from Q3 to Q2 or Q2 to Q1. 
So I am actually going to, uh, we're going to have our first activity here. I'm going to give everyone 10 minutes uh, to write the rest of your day's schedule in this format. Um, take if, if you're able to print out the handout, I would say use the one that's there. Uh, if you can't, um, <laughs> well, I'm sure you have a piece of paper and a pen. You can write a, a square with, you know, four squares inside of that square on a piece of paper and, uh, and take it from there. So I'm going to give everybody 10 minutes. Um, I'm actually going to step away and show you all mine when I get back. So um, it is 1136. At 11.46, we will be back. If you're watching this on the recording, I'm going to go ahead and uh, skip this 10 minutes, so please pause the recording and, uh, and give yourself 10 minutes and then unpause. As we're wrapping up our time um, for this activity, I figure I would go ahead and show you all mine. So I turned off my virtual background. Um, this is what today looks like for me. See in big red letters, lead the webinar. <laughs> I don't know if it's too blurry, but um, you can already see that I did one of my things, gave it that good old slash through. Um, but as I mentioned, every day I go in and uh, do this myself with each line sort of being its own item. Um, I'm curious how, uh, how some of y'all felt in processing your day in that way? Was this something that was easy to do or something that was a bit challenging? Feel free to either respond, unmute yourself, or write in the chat. How many tasks do I usually add on it? Well, that's a great question. Um, often I use this for the high-level stuff, like what are the priority um, what are the projects or ultimate, like, sub-goals of a larger goal that this is for? Individual tasks actually come, uh, I, I actually keep another thing for individual tasks, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, not a lot of my tasks feel like they fall into quarter four. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, um, it, for me, it depends on where I am in my general workflow, but uh, these are things for me that are like um, I do a project where I reach out to people who have taken some of our courses and do interviews with them about their uh, take on our courses. These are, these are things that I can do whenever, and if it didn't happen, it wouldn't be the end of the world but they are really useful for me and our and my team uh, when we get that data. So it's like, when can I slot these in around the other things? Um, so let's see. Sorry, i got to close a window. <laughs> okay. So I challenge you to write... Uh, to write the rest of your day's schedule in this format um, for the rest of this week and see what happens. Um, I, before I move on, I do want to address the question, um, a couple of the questions that came in the chat. Do I think of urgent as due today? Uh, that is, uh, that's something that for me personally, I think of as like due in the next day or so. But the word urgent can mean a different thing for each individual person. Um, and then uh, what is the point of planning activities falling in quarter four, quadrant four, if they are time wasters? Uh, well, um, maybe the term time wasters is a bit too um, aggressive, <laughs> aggressively negative. Um, I don't think of them necessarily as uh, wasting time like, twiddling my thumbs at my desk, but uh, things that, again, are not, they're not urgent and they're not necessarily, uh, like nobody's necessarily waiting on them. They're not something that if, uh, if I didn't get it done, anybody would necessarily have issue with, but they're things that benefit myself, my workflow, or the team that I'm on as a whole when I get them done. 
but they're just sort of things that I can get done whenever, which again, I think that evaluation uh, piece that I just mentioned is a good example of what that looks like. Um, so generally, and it looks like there's a great chat going on here, and I definitely encourage you all to continue the conversation there. Um, but to move along, um, generally speaking, I would say if you choose to go a different route with your personal time management, I recommend starting with this one because what it'll get you to do is to start to filter your tasks into these four quadrants by level of priority, which is a hugely important thing to be able to do in organizing your work using any methodology. Uh, another really helpful method of keeping track of things is using a planner. Yes, this concept is as old as dirt and may remind you of your school days, but I'm telling you, it works. And people are starting to rediscover it as a tangible, practical method of keeping track of things. On this slide are a few of the different types of planners, of which there are many, many, many available. <laughs> There's weekly, monthly, daily. Um, on the uh, right bottom corner in this picture is what is called a passion planner, uh, which is one of the many types of planners that actually incorporates things beyond simply just task tracking and inserts like personal goals in there as well. Uh, this is an example of a bullet journal, uh, which is a very popular style of modern journaling. And I'm going to be honest with you, you will need to do your own research on this one because this methodology I just can't wrap my head around personally, but I know people for whom this style of organization has been completely life-changing. And I get so wrapped up, yes, I want that too. And then I try to do it and I don't, I don't get it. But, um, but maybe, this, maybe this will work for you. Um, I would personally recommend that you start with a daily planner. Of all the planner methods that I've tried, I find that a daily planner gives me the most freedom and space to write out the things I need to write each day. On the right on this slide is uh, what I found when I simply Google image search daily planner. If you go to a bookstore or an online store or whatever, you'll find many, many types of daily planners, and I just say find the best one for you. However, um, you can also do it for free. Um, on the left is what I personally use. It's a free personal planner that I made myself in Google Docs. I essentially took the things that I liked about a couple of different uh, daily planners that I found at a store and combined them. If you'd like this document for yourself, the link is in the activities handout uh, underneath the quadrants. Um, as you can see, I have some personal items in there, as, but mostly work-related items. Um, this works for me. Find the tools that work for you. And again, it can be free. You can create it yourself. Um, and, and again, if you use the four quadrants, a planner is actually very complementary to have. You can never really be too organized. Um, finally, some practical tips about scheduling your day. Uh, first of all, uh, plot out your day the day before. At the end of each day, I sit down and look at my to-do list and write my four quadrants for the next day. And I leave it in front of me the next day. Having it tangibly in front of me really helps keep me on track and focused. Um, and because I let it be my guide, I stay the course by following my schedule. And when something new comes up, I just add it to my planner and or the four quadrants and I don't lose track of it because it's right there. Um, and I got a message, would I be able to email out the activities handout? I, I cannot open it from the chat. Um, I am putting my email address into here. If you could email me and make that request, I would be happy to send you the document later. All right, so we got organized and we created a work schedule. Uh, next, we're gonna focus on setting goals. You're gonna be able to design your plan of attack to get your work done, when you've set your goals. Uh, please note, much of the content in this section is adapted from our course Achieving Results. So if you've already taken that, you may see, you may see some of the same stuff. Or if, you, um, or if this really intrigues you, highly recommend that you uh, register for our next iteration of Achieving Results. But you know, either way, it's always great to, um, 
to learn things again. Uh, it helps reinforce that knowledge. So we're going to talk about goal setting via the concept of backwards design. Uh, backwards design is a practice where you follow three steps to identify what you intend to do and how you intend to do it. Um, backwards design starts with you identifying your goal. This is you stating what it is that you want to achieve. What are the results that you want to see? From there, you move to measurement. You determine how you are going to measure that you've achieved your goal. And finally, process. You develop a process to achieve your intended results by breaking it down into specific objectives and tasks. Um, and when somebody asked earlier about the quadrants and what I include, um, often I include the like general goals and measurements in the quadrant four, and then the process part, the tasks, are what I have broken down in um, my like daily planner. Like I need to do this, 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 this. Now I'm going to hand the mic to my colleague, Courtney. Hey, thank you, Brandon. So let's first start by talking about why we should bother to set goals in the first place. I find that most people have uh, what I would refer to as a love-hate relationship with goal setting. If they have set really challenging goals for themselves in the past and maybe put effort towards those goals and achieve them, then they love it because it works for them. Or others don't like it because they set goals and maybe don't get past the first week or two before they fall back into a, a bad routine or a habit or hit some sort of roadblock or hurdle. Um, what we know, though, and I think all of us know this at a you know, foundational level, goal setting is important because it really is the process of growth and becoming all that we want to become. If we're not setting challenging goals for ourselves, then what we find is that we're just living life by default versus design. There's a, a quote by Stephen Covey that I, I really love, it, and he says, lead your life or someone else will. It really is about challenging yourself and also having the courage to really get the most out of life and push yourself to the fullest as well. Goal setting, though, is a process. And one of the reasons why I love goal setting so much is because there's a process associated with it. So we're going to walk through this process for how to set really clear, challenging goals for yourself. And I'm going to walk you through a series of activities so that when you finish this webinar today, you have not only a list of the things that you would like to accomplish within your role over the next 12 to 18 months, but you actually have a goal in place, a really clear, compelling goal, so that after our webinar finishes today, you can go ahead and start working on that. So let's go to our next slide and talk about key results. This is really the, the place where we want to start. It's thinking about what you want to accomplish. Now, when we think about what we want to accomplish, there's a, a couple of things to keep in mind. It's not just a, you know, a list of ideas that we have, but it's really tapping into what are the most important things for me to accomplish. One of the things that can be challenging about setting goals is it really does challenge the status quo for yourself. It really does challenge or interrupt your own sense of normal or even routine at times. And in many ways, setting a goal means that you're taking on some additional work. And so it's finding some space when you're already probably busy and thinking, I wish I had more time. So in terms of what you devote your time to, it should be those most important things. So a, a couple of ways to identify these and some uh, phrases to keep in mind are the BHAGs, those big, hairy, audacious goals. This comes from Built to Last from uh, Jim Collins. Several of you are probably familiar with the work of him. He describes these big, hairy, audacious goals as things that should be big but simple and understandable as well. It should be something that energizes you, that engages you, uh, but he also says it should feel a little bit like a punch in the gut. <laughs> a little bit of it should feel uncomfortable, you're not quite sure if you're able to achieve it, and he says that's when you know that you have a really good BHAG. Another way to describe these most important things to focus on is the wildly important goals. This comes from Stephen Covey. Um, Again, this is a way just to help you characterize what's most important for me. So I, I realize some of you on here might know the answer to this. Um, but if ever asked in a trivia night, or maybe it's a Jeopardy question someday, or a Jeopardy answer, would be, uh, what is the enemy of wigs? 
And the answer to that is pigs. It's those pretty important goals. And it's the enemy of wigs because if you're focusing your attention on just those pretty important goals, well, you might find that you're actually putting your energy into a direction that isn't taking you ultimately where you want to go or doesn't lead you to the ultimate outcome that you're really focused on. All right, so let's go to our next slide. And this is an activity for you all to think about. Now, if you want to follow along in the handout or if you just want to write this down on a scratch piece of paper, I want you to start off this uh, exercise with some brainstorming. And now you know the rules of brainstorming. Anything goes, I want you just to write anything that comes to mind. But I want you to focus on over the next 12 to 18 months in your role, what is it that you would like to accomplish? You can think about maybe processes that you want to improve. You could think about projects that you really want to focus on, um, other goals to keep in mind. This is a list for yourself and just a, a running list. So I'm going to give you all three minutes to do this. I'm going to, to time you with my phone here. All right, so grab that piece of paper, grab a, a pen to write with, and take three minutes to list out all of the things that you would like to accomplish in your role over the next 12 to 18 months. All right, take just a moment to wrap up any final thoughts related to your brainstorm. Again, thinking about all those things that you want to accomplish over the next year and a half. So the next piece of this process then, you started with the brainstorm, again, thinking about all of those things that you would like to do in your job over the next year. If uh, you'll go to the next slide, what you'll find then is our, our next step would be prioritizing, right? So how do I get to that BHAG, that WIG, how do I start to identify it? So what you'll see is I, I have a list of things that I would like to accomplish in my role over the next year. I know there's a few of you on the call that have taken classes with me before, and you'll probably notice that there's a couple um, <laughs> items on here that are things that I still want to accomplish, but it hasn't risen to the top yet. Um, part of this prioritizing process is being able to answer these two questions that are here towards the bottom. What's most critical to accomplish, again, in light of everything else that's going on? And then what's time sensitive as well? So there was a time when the creating a, a course on habit change was top of my list. I was really making a lot of progress towards that. Um, that was in about January and February, and everybody on this call today knows what happened in March. March hit, and in terms of things that were most critical, that was something that, that had to be, you know, moved over to the, the bench for a little bit because there were other priorities that had risen to the top at the time. Also thinking about the time sensitivity as well. Those two questions when asked together are a way that you can start to narrow this list. So let me tell you a, a very quick um, example of how you can go wrong sometimes with uh, brainstorming. So I had some work I was doing with a leader. He uh, contacted me uh, and, and said, candidly, I you know, have this whole list of goals for our team. We haven't made any progress on these. Um, it's been about a year. Can you help us do some action planning? Help us do something. We need to make some progress with these. I said, sure, send me your goals. Send me the, the list of things that you're working towards. Well, I should say this was a team of about five or six individuals, this entire team here. They had a list of 80 goals, right? In some ways, it was almost like each of them had done this brainstorm and then put that entire brainstorm into a strategic plan and said, these are the things that we're going to focus on and execute on over the next year. And the truth is, that is too many. These questions help you to narrow what's most important right now. And for this particular leader and members of the team, this was something they didn't want to do. They were worried that if they only focused on a few, they would lose sight of the others. And you don't lose sight of the others. You have this written down. It almost in some ways becomes your perhaps list. Perhaps if I have time, I move one of these goals or these ideas up and I start to work on this. But at any given time, you should be focused on anywhere between one to three items, one to three, whether that's individually or even as a team. Much more than that, it becomes a little bit complicated um, and takes a lot of your time. And again, I know most people are always thinking, I could use a little bit more time. 
So I want you to think about these two questions. I want you to take a look at your list. I'm going to give you about a minute to do this. Again, thinking about the items that you've written down, what's most critical to accomplish, what's time sensitive? Is there something on your list that maybe rises to the top because there's already a deadline associated with it? Um, think about those two questions. I'm going to give you a minute. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> and give you a chance to identify what are your top three items. So if, uh, if you'll go to the next slide, your top three items. All right, I know for some, you probably looked at your list and you automatically knew these are the top three things I should be focused on at this time. For others, maybe there was one that rose to the, the top. Um, in any case, if you want to jot those top three down on the top of uh, page three in your handout or note them some way if you've written them down. And then I want you to think about one of those, one of those that would be critically important for you to focus on today. So let's take those and let's go to our next slide where we're going to talk about how we start creating really effective goals. Right? So in terms of goals, one important thing to do is to make sure that we're focusing on the outcomes, not necessarily just the activities. Those activities would be how we achieve our outcome-based objectives. So let's look at a couple of examples of this. Something like researching what customers want, and I've heard this before in working with teams. Right? We want to research what customers want. Well, why? What's the importance of doing that? What's the outcome that you ultimately care about? Well, we want to reduce customer complaints by 90%. So that would be your outcome. Your activity, a way that you do that, is I'm going to research what customers want. Another example is, uh, is one of my favorites, uh, is related to exercise, right, uh, being, being healthy. So working out five days a week. I know I've said that before, but work out five days a week, right? Well, in order to really complete that, I need to tap into why that's important for me. So maybe in this case, a particular outcome is I want to compete in a 5K, and I want to complete that in less than 30 minutes. That would be my outcome. An activity to help me achieve that outcome would be working out five days a week. So we're going to go through a process that helps us to get a little bit more focused on how we define those outcomes, how we tap into why we want to accomplish that particular item that we've just starred or noted on our handout. So let's move on to our next slide where we're going to talk about SMART goals. Uh, so SMART goals is a term that has been around for a really long time. Uh, it is a, a, a term that was coined by Peter Drucker. Um, I think it's been 40 plus years at this point. I know most of you are familiar with SMART goals. Um, but what I find is, and thank you, I see one comment, like, I love the SMART goals. <laughs> so SMART goals are an acronym. It's meant to help you remember, you know, this idea of how do I make things more specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and also time-bound. Um, but more importantly, it starts to give you some clarity and direction. So we're going to unpack each of these in a little bit more detail. We'll talk about some ways that we make maybe that priority that you identify, that thing that you want to accomplish, more specific, make it as specific as possible. We're going to talk about the importance of a measurement, how will you know when it's achieved and accomplished. The A, I like to say, is stands for aggressive and achievable. We'll talk about that in a moment, how do we give ourselves some stretch. Relevant, making sure that it's the outcome that you care most about, and then time-bound. So if you're following along in your handout, you want to turn them to page three. I have a series of questions I'm going to start asking you, and I want you to respond to these questions as a way to start to get some clarity about the outcome that you care about the most. So let's go first to um, making it specific. So this is where you ask the W questions. If any of you remember that, maybe from um, elementary school, I think that's when I was taught this. Uh, asking the W questions related to that priority that you've just identified. So I want you to pick out of that top three that you were asked to identify just one of those, just one of those items, um, so you can take it through the SMART goal criteria. So with the W questions, we start to get, again, a little bit more clarity about the priority itself. So the who, who is involved with it. Sometimes it's you, but sometimes these goals that we set for ourselves are actually much larger than ourselves. They involve a colleague. They involve an entire project team. What? What do you want to accomplish? This is a really important question, and, and one that you've already answered, right? So what do you want to accomplish? 
where is there a location sometimes there is sometimes there isn't it's also completely appropriate to say here in the office or if you're working remotely at home is my location when this is your time frame this is an important piece and it gets repeated twice uh, so what is your time frame for achieving this the which is requirements or constraints, things that you need to think about in advance. What's required of you or others in order to execute on this? Are there any constraints that you need to be aware of? And then why? What are your reasons, your purpose, your benefits for focusing on this? The what and the why are two of the more important questions in here. What is it that you want to accomplish and why is that? With the why, we start to get to that motivator for you. And it's important to identify why this is important for you because there will be some hard moments along the way where you're going to have to make a choice on how you're spending your time. And if you can tap back into the why, that helps you to stay focused on the goal. All right, so let's go to our next slide here where you can see uh, our set of questions here. I'm going to give you a chance to reflect and respond to these. So I'm going to give you, again, about two minutes to write down some responses to the who, the what, the where, the when, the which, the why. All right, so I'll give you two minutes starting now. All right, so once you've worked on making that priority more specific, taking it through the W questions, we then move into the measurement piece. Um, and you all have heard this before, right? You know, what, measure, what gets measured gets done. Um, the goal should be measurable, at least, you know, accessible in some way. Otherwise, it's really hard to tell whether or not you've accomplished it or not. For our team, one of the things that we're, we're focused on on a pretty regular basis is evaluations and feedback. We want to know... Um, if our webinars, if our courses are improving your performance as a faculty and staff member at the University of Florida, we care about that feedback. We, we want to know how we're doing and if what we're doing has an impact. Um, but we know that there's times where those evaluations get overlooked. It's not a, a priority at times for others. So there's been uh, several instances where we've made evaluations a priority goal for our team. And I've been part of conversations before where we said, well, let's just focus on increasing the amount of evaluations that we have in. Well, that seems kind of a lot or sort of heavy. And so if you have a measurement, you can actually break that down a little bit. So one of the things that we've done at times is say, you know, each month we want to see a percentage increase, right? For the fall, we want to see a 20% increase in August. We want to see a 30% increase in September. We want to see a 40% increase in October. Having those measurements help us to know whether we're making progress. You can also then have a target where you're creating specific strategies to get you closer to that measurement as well. What I love about measurements is it's also a way that you can identify, again, some midpoint milestones to check in on your progress along the way. And the larger the goal, the more that you'll want to have some of those checkpoints along the way to make sure that you're making progress. So we take a look at our next slide. These are the questions that I want you to reflect on for the measurement. How will you measure whether your goal has been reached? I want you to identify maybe just two indicators for yourself, two indicators of measurement. Again, I'm going to give you two minutes for this and then we'll move on to our next piece all right so let's talk about the a next and as I, I mentioned a moment ago for the the a it stands for two things aggressive and achievable and I love the way these two work together so this goal this priority it should give you stretch it should put you in a learning frame of mind it should be something that's pushing you to be a better version of yourself something again that engages you that energizes you Alongside this, though, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your ability to achieve this. If you don't, you'll never get started on it. So these two ideas really complement each other. Is it aggressive? Is it pushing me? Is it challenging me in a way that feels slightly uncomfortable? But I know that there's growth as a result of it. But I also believe in myself. So let's take a look at our next slide for our questions that you're going to reflect on. What makes this goal challenging but also achievable for you? 
right? Just take a moment to, to think about that. And then do you have the necessary knowledge, skills, abilities, resources to accomplish this goal? Part of that question is getting in front of some potential hurdles that you might face along the way. Anytime that we have a challenging goal, we know that there's going to be roadblocks, we know that there's going to be hurdles. So it's important to create a little bit of space to set yourself up for success. Do I have what I need, or is that potentially you know, something that I need to think about as I'm executing on this goal? So again, I'll give you two minutes to reflect on these questions. All right, take a moment to wrap up your thoughts related to this question or set of questions. All right, and let's move into the R, the R of it. So R is about relevance, relevance, if I could talk today. Making sure that your goal is capturing exactly the right performance outcomes or the ones that matter most. In many ways, this idea of making them relevant is related back to that BHAG or the WIG. Am I really focused on what's most important? Am I focused on the right piece of the performance outcome that we care about the most? In terms of your goals, your goals ultimately should lead to a longer-term vision that you have for yourself, maybe even one that you have for your team. So by focusing effort on this goal, you should ask yourself, is this moving me closer to where I want to be long-term, three to five years from now? five to 10 years from now, right? This should be a short-term way that you get to that longer-term goal for yourself. So your question that I want you to reflect on for this is why do I care about this goal more than the others right now? Why is this one important for you? So you might even wanna take a look back through your list that you brainstormed earlier um, but think about this. Why do I care more about this goal than the others? I'm going to give you just a minute to reflect on this question, and then we'll move into our final piece. So when you went through the W questions, you were asked about the why. Why is this important? It's very similar to this question. Why do I care about this one more than the others right now? But again, the response that you have here is that motivator for you when things are challenging, when there's a lot on your plate, and you know that you want to move this forward. Again, this is the place where you tap into passion, into your energy related to this goal, and why it's important that you put the effort towards that. So let's talk about the T in our last piece of the, the SMART goal criteria, uh, which is time bound. So there's a few of you out there that are probably saying, hey, didn't I already identify this? And the answer is yes, but it's that important that you identify it twice. So if you don't identify when you're going to get started on it, then your chances of actually getting started on it go down. It's pretty low. I actually had a team one time that I was working with. Um, I did some strategic planning with them. At about six months, I came in to do a check-in or a follow-up with them. I said, well, let's talk about the progress that you've made. And they said, we've made no progress at all. So I said, well, what was actually going on, right? What have you been doing all this time? And they said, well, we never said when we were going to get started on it. Uh, so by when, right? And also how and when will you check in on your progress? So take a moment to reflect on those two pieces. By when, again, noting that again, when do you want to accomplish that? I would encourage you to use I, I, what I call a hard date, right? So October 15th, 2020 versus fall 2020. If you can add some specificity to the date, um, that's going to be much a much better target for you. And then how will you check in on your progress? What are those midpoint milestones for yourself, right? What are those things that you want to set up so that you can create this cadence of accountability for yourself so you have a process for checking in on the progress made or even not made? It's also a way to, to reset. So I'll give you just maybe 30 seconds for this. When do you want to complete it by? And then how will you check in on progress? All right, so let's move into our, our final piece here related to creating these SMART goals, which is then summarizing, in many ways, all of the responses that you have for these questions into a goal statement. A goal statement is a way that you can quickly, briefly, concisely tell somebody else or remind yourself of what you're focused on. 
I will say the creation of a goal statement is a process in itself. We'll give you a little bit of space to create a draft of that today, but it's definitely probably something that you're going to, going to want to go back to later on just to refine or edit a little bit. But a few things to keep in mind with a goal statement, it usually starts off with an action verb, something like increase, develop, create, complete. Uh, follows up with a statement of nouns. This is uh, what it is that you will impact. Next is the statement of accountability, which typically includes that time frame for you. And then finally, a statement about what the outcome is, what you actually want to achieve. So we'll move into our, our final slide here. Um, this is an example of a, a goal statement. Uh, create a freshman experience program by December 2020 to help entering freshmen transition to the campus and increase retention rates. So one example of what that might look like. So again, I want to give you a few minutes just to reflect back on your responses. Maybe take a, a stab at doing a, a draft of that today, but I'll give you just two minutes to, to reflect on a draft goal statement based on your responses to those SMART goal questions. So you may want to spend some time, again, refining, editing this statement a little bit. If your goal or your priority involves others, I would encourage you to share that with them to get some of their input and feedback as well. So in terms of our process, at this point, you've done a brainstorm. You've thought about all the things you want to achieve in your role over the next year. You've then gone through that process of prioritizing, taking one of those priorities and putting it through the SMART goal criteria and have a draft goal statement. So I'm going to hand it back over to my colleague, Brandon, to talk to us about now tracking. <laughs> How do we start to track what we're working on? Right. Uh, but first, returning to the concept of backwards design and setting that plan of attack for your work as part of the SMART goals process, we've identified our intended results uh, and determined a method of measurement. So uh, in terms of this webinar, we are two-thirds of the way there. Uh, the final step, which you may have already done as part of the SMART goals process, is identifying the objectives that you need to accomplish to achieve your goal. In their own way, objectives can be seen as their own mini-goals to achieve the big overarching goal. Uh, in your handout, using the goal that you've identified and the method of measurement that you determined, uh, break the goal into its component objectives. Um, this is not necessarily something that we're going to do in this moment in terms of uh, just to keep this webinar on time, uh, but after this is over, I recommend uh, doing that on the last page. Once you've broken the goal into its objectives, you can plot your work in your schedule, which you've already created, and begin to track what you've done. It all comes together. So, part three, tracking what you've done. We've gotten things in order. We've determined our big goals. How do we track what we're doing? Well, first, you have to determine what it is you're going to track. Um, it may sound basic, but it's where you start. There are different names for the things that you're tracking, and you could even come up with your own, but a common term is KPIs, Key Performance Indicators. KPIs are how businesses keep track of progress on a project, but they can easily be applied to your own personal work. And as the saying goes, you heard Courtney say it earlier, what gets tracked gets improved. Now, KPIs refer to a set of quantifiable measurements used to gauge your overall long-term performance. When we created our goal and identified the steps that we're taking to reach that goal, we created KPIs. We created things to track, right? KPIs can be financial, including net profit, revenue, sales. KPIs can be task-based, like, 500 contacts made or 10 contracts reviewed. KPIs can also be more anecdotal, things like measuring foot traffic, employee retention, repeat customers, and the general quality of customer experience, among other things. If you can put a number to it or add it to a list, you can track it. Here are some examples of KPIs that are commonly used. And for more ideas, just Google key performance indicators and you will come up with many, many lists. 
take it from me. More than you can even go through in an entire workday. And again, when you decided on the steps that you would take to reach your goals, you created KPIs. Identify ways to track the steps that you are using to reach your goals. Now, that all sounds fine and good, but how do I get into the habit of tracking all of that? Well, simple, track it as you go. One of the best ways that I have found to track work progress is by keeping a running work portfolio. When I finish a task or project or assignment, I just add it to my portfolio spreadsheet. That's the screenshot on the left there. At the end of the year, I just create a fresh portfolio, save the old one in a folder, clear it out, create a new one. Uh, after doing this for years, I have a very detailed map of all the major accomplishments that I've made. I can use this for annual reviews, for job applications, and even for my CV. I wouldn't be able to remember 90%, I, I would say 99% of what is in my portfolio document if I didn't track it. If I, like, anytime I needed to go and review the things that I did, if I just um, just tried to use my own memory, oh, oh it, would, it would all get forgotten. <laughs> Um, and it's really a basic spreadsheet with just a column for each type of task that I do, and then each line in that column is a description of one thing that I did or accomplished. But there are other ways to track, too. You could keep track of things on, a, on the Notes app in your phone. You could even use something that's available to us all for free, the UF Engage Notes tool in MyUFL. Uh, you could use anything like this to keep track of the tasks that you've accomplished. Another useful way of both planning and tracking uh, the work that you've done is by keeping an up-to-date uh, Gantt chart. Gantt charts list tasks that come in order in a project on the y-axis and the estimated time that they need to be accomplished on the x-axis. So if you break a project down into a Gantt format, uh, when you begin to work on it, you'll be able to assess whether you're on time, running ahead of schedule, or perhaps running behind, and can update the timelines for the elements that come after accordingly. Like, say, uh, you got behind on the third item on this Gantt chart. Uh, you can then fairly easily and visually push everything back <laughs> accordingly, anything that relies on that first task that's delayed. There are many free Gantt chart templates online. It is a great way of keeping track of the work that you have done, need to do, and will do. And it especially translates well to teamwork setting as well. Once you have data, you can compare and contrast with previous evaluation periods. With hard numbers that you've been tracking, whether it be in a portfolio spreadsheet or your notes app or a Gantt chart or whatever, you can say things like, I finished 10 projects this quarter, a 25% increase over last quarter. I made 300 widgets, a 10% increase over last year for the very productive widget maker. Um, I fielded 25 important calls, which is an equal number to last month. Um, and these are things that you can't say that you increased or um, how much you increased without having that that hard data, those numbers, those things that as you track, you can compare. So try to always be increasing. Because as I said earlier, what gets tracked gets improved. If you don't track it, you won't know it's been improved and you can't improve it. So I'm gonna take about five minutes to um, open the floor and see uh, from our audience, what are some ways that you can utilize tracking in your work? So feel free to open, um, open your microphone or answer in the chat. Somebody says I uh, um, can utilize this tracking to keep my coworkers and supervisor on track. I think that that's pretty accurate. I mean, if, uh, if, you, if nobody's breaking a project down into any of these formats, then nobody's gonna be able to track it very well. So if one person does, then they can provide that to everyone else as well. Are there any other ways that you can 
utilize some of this tracking in your work, either you already do or you can identify ways in which it'll work. Let's see, uh, setting alarms to track time and activities. Yes, that's, I mean, especially with the Gantt format, that would be a really useful way to apply that technique. Let's see, measuring work performance long-term, comparison to others. I've used daily timesheets to track what I do, when and how much time each task takes. It's best when I feel overwhelmed as it organizes me. Totally get you there. <laughs> I can use them to identify unreasonable expectations after a project is finished. That's totally true. Again, without, without having the information, without having the data, you can't really make that claim. Working from home, this tracking helps me to stay on top of my work. Yep, yep. Team daily logs, yeah. I mean, every team works a little bit differently. So if you have that kind of day-to-day um, uh, tracking mechanism in your team already, having this information is going to be incredibly useful. Let's see. Tracking my reports to ensure that I meet deadlines. Yep. I mean, it sounds like, uh, sounds like everybody has their own different way to incorporate, um, to incorporate all of this tracking and goal setting and, um, schedule making. All these things work together in tandem. You really can't have one of these without the other. It's not super useful to um, have a schedule but have nothing to go in it, right? It's not super useful to be tracking but not knowing what you're tracking, right? But, but by creating your goal and being uh, having something um, listed out, listing out all of your um, objectives and tasks over time, you can track it. You know, all, all these things, you have to have all of them together for successful uh, performance tracking. So keeping in mind, uh, tracking doesn't necessarily create results instantly, uh, but, but when you can look at your work over time, you will find numerous uses for the data from tracking yourself, to having data for your quarterly check-ins, to data to show why you deserve a promotion or a raise. Uh, it takes a little bit of extra work to start to track it, to track your work, uh, but the payoff is immense in the long run. So with all that being said, um, we want to thank you again for your time, uh, for being with us on this webinar.